You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I just don't count them. There's no point. There's just... uh, Why? Why? There is no weekend. But today, in your heart, hopefully, it is a Tell Me on a Sunday Sunday. Uh, This episode was specifically recorded uh, before the pandemic, just to be clear, much like all of the other episodes on this season. But um, you have a familiar guest to your ears today. If you know and love her from the front row foxes episode <laughs> you remember my dear 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 friend Kara, carolina zelaya uh we talk about politics and full disclosure i don't like talking about politics this is not an episode for that you're probably expecting from me and or just any kind of pop culture podcast uh like this one however we have Good stories to tell. We will talk about Hamilton. We will talk to Kara about changing her life in 2016. We will talk about cereal cafes. It will be fun. So don't worry. Don't get scared. Don't be like, ugh, I just can't do politics anymore because I feel the same way all the time. But I think you will be okay with this episode. If you're not, let me know. Listen to the whole thing and then write me or call me, beat me if you want to reach me to quote Aristotle. And just say, hey, hey, I didn't like that. And then I'll be like, okay, well, it's not for you. But I want to thank specifically, especially on this episode, Abigail, Molly, Carson and Marissa, Priscilla, Rick and Margaret, of course, Normand, Caitlin, and Matt, just because. Without further ado, here we go. Here she is, my main bitch, Kara. Okay. Oh, great. We're recording now. Okay, so here we are again, talking with my girl, Carolina Zelaya. It's me, Kara. It's a Kara. <laughs> Luigi. Oh, see, I was going for a wicked moment, and oh, you went for I Mario. I went full, full Mario. And so that's sorry. how I know you're in a relationship. <laughs> with a straight boy, yes. Straight. Yeah, with a straight how unfortunate uh no i love him he's wonderful yeah Uh, so today we're going to talk about something that i hate talking about um of course this is tell me on a sunday welcome back uh but we are going to tell some stories at the same time we're talking about something i famously hate which is politics and you hate politics (laughs) i don't you know what it is i think i'm like all how original (laughs) I'm so unique. Oh, I'm, you're a libertarian. Tell me how much you hate the government. Oh, you're not like other girls. You hate the, the government. government. 
just like let me do what I want with my money. And so, I know, I know. See, see, we, this is the fun thing about Kara is that like we talk and then don't talk about things. Like there's things that we may never talk about. Um, but 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 I met Kara in a safe space, and mm. by which I mean theater. Uh, where did we meet? American Airlines theater. Oh shoot! Yeah, was that where we met? Yes. Like the first time? Yes. Yeah. Well, we talked about this. I believe we went to go see Noises Off. We've talked about this. Yes, totally. We we met in the theater community. Right, and so I met Kara in a very like happy artistic space, and it was 2015. <laughs> it was 2015. We were all wearing leggings. <laughs> <laughs> we were all like, have you heard about this show, Hamilton? Hamilton. <laughs> I just saw it at the public. Oh, of course it's, you did. It's going to change things. First of all, I did not see it at the public. I saw it. I was actually, uh, famously, mm. I was sitting outside of the public trying to get into the lottery of the last show of Hamilton. Oh. And I saw, and he can deny it all day long, but I saw Lin-Manuel Miranda eating a lunch bowl outside <laughs> the steps of, of the public Lynn, theater. Lynn, set the record straight. Did it happen? Give us a call. Call me on a Sunday. <laughs> I don't know your website, but you know where to find us. We're on Twitter.com. Tell me on a Sunday podcast.com. And so truly, I I don't even know how we got there, but basically you and I met in theater and then all of a sudden you weren't doing theater. So can you really can you just tell me a story about um a change in your life like that. Oh, I just like pulled the rug from under you where I was like, surprise, I'm a political organizer. Um, yeah, well, un- much like Lin-Manuel Miranda, we are secretly political because, mm. fun fact, uh, Luis Miranda is a political, like, huge, like, consultant in his New York father. City. His father, yeah. And I actually worked in the same building as Luis um, at one of my jobs where I was like a political pollster. Um, but yeah, so in 2015, when we met famously, life was good, you know? We were, we were eating Kellogg's. We were eating Kellogg's. It was the second term of the Obama administration, which means we didn't think about who the president was for weeks on end. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it just. It wasn't part of our daily life. Yeah. For sure. So I have been a political person for a long time. Mm -hmm. My dad is a political scientist and he was a political campaign manager for many years and a political consultant in Honduras, which is where I'm from. My older brother has a bachelor's degree in political science. I was not the most political person in my family. However, in 19 in 2000, when Al Gore lost, she's doing air quotes. (laughs) She's doing air quotes in denial of the fact that he lost. Because <laughs> she's also a Florida resident. Continue. Yeah. Uh, when Al Gore lost to uh, George W. Bush, um, it was my county. It was Broward County that, like, caused all the problems. So I was, like, in, and I was, like, 9, 10. Um, and I, like, cried. Like, I cried. Because I was, like, this little bratty 9, 10-year-old who was, like, hyper-involved. Fast. I was just always, like, political. Like, but that wasn't, like, my thing. I was the artsy person in my family. Um, so I did cried about Al Gore was at protest against the war in Iraq was in model UN and ended up being the vice president of model UN of my high school was in student government. I just like did that shit. Just to juxtapose. (laughs) (laughs) I famously tell me on a Sunday. Sunday. I, um, I went to a school, a public, public high school and just to, like, give you the law of the land, like, yeah. we, most of the girls and or my friends and or just everyone yeah. 
at my school was like, okay, Bush, okay, um, what was the other one? Uh, oh my gosh, he was so cute. He was like a little old man with a little gray hat. But he didn't have a gray hat. It was his hair looked like a hat. Talking about? He ran against Barack. He had ketchup money. God, what am I saying? John Kerry. Sure. Yes. <laughs> John Kerry did not run against Barack. Okay. Well, he that's... Ran against... he's a Democrat. <laughs> okay, okay. This is where see, we're at. <laughs> see, this is what. But this is okay. But what I'm trying to say is that we uh, didn't talk about politics. Yeah. Sure. And like this is. But and you grew what up I just very said southern. to you is what I remember. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I grew up, which is fine. Like, I grew up in a, in. One of one of the houses that I grew up in constantly played Rush Limbaugh, constantly, Mm. and I just like always thought like, oh, he's the Bible. And Mm. then when people would use the word Democrat, again, by the way, I'm not a Democrat, like not not like universally. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) When people would use the word Democrat, like in spaces that I was in, Mm -hmm. it was like a curse word, Mm. like that was a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my dearest friends, Tanner, we did like a fake class election. And then, like, you would stand on one side of the room for Bush, and then you stood on the other side for Al Gore, mm-hmm. I guess. And she was on the side of Al Gore. Tanner! And Tanner, <laughs> shout out! Because I want to I say exactly what I said to her, which oh, was God. terrible. Oh, God. Which was that I stood on, obviously, all the cool kids were on the Bush side in our classroom, because we, I had gotten out of school that day to, like, see Bush speak. You can't hear me, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> yeah, she's, it's hard, it's hard. And I said... To my friend Tanner, oh my gosh, you're on the gore side? Guess we can't be friends. And you know what her response to me was? I don't know if this is true, but this is how I choose to remember it. Tanner, get over it. You said, my moms are lesbians, <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, so? Like, uh, I didn't yeah. understand. I was yeah. young. I was so young. Yeah. And um, so basically, I come from a community that I didn't hear every side of everything, and I didn't form my own opinions until, like, later when my mom would explain to me, like, her views and then right. how that didn't go either way. So I've constantly avoided people in politics. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, that's an upsetting thing, and yeah. I like to be happy. So I didn't know this about you at all, that yeah. you came from this, like, I came political... From this long family of this, yeah. <gasps> so, <laughs> so imagine moi falling in love with Kara, falling in love with our friendship, falling in love with the fact that every time we go see a show we're going to like the kellogg's cereal uh, place which you guys don't remember can you describe the kellogg's place so was it where was it it was in times square it was in times square there was a kellogg's it's seemed like it always was a pop-up but it was actually like permanent and it was look we're on a budget okay <laughs> tell me on a sunday's on a budget historically <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, we're not paying for these shows. No. I worked at the Roundabout, and I can say this now because I have no affiliation there. I got comps for days, and so Grace was always my plus one. Um, and we would just get cereal because it was like eight bucks, okay? And like in, yeah. that's expensive anywhere else. If you're not in New York and you're like, I'm spending eight dollars on cereal, they look at you like you're insane. Yeah, but we had a full meal for eight dollars each. Yeah, tops. which is very important when you're making no money yeah, in sure. uh, New York. But yeah, no, I came from this this political background and then i get to i went to a women's college first agnes mm-hmm. scott college um that was the first like four-year university that i went to and then i didn't graduate from there um i graduated from the university of central florida but i go to women's college and all of a sudden like i said i've never not been political and then i went from model un vice president women's college mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god radical feminist theory what like Your i literally is hilarious 
I literally had no idea. But the thing is, like, I went to a very uptight, actually pretty conservative Catholic school. So mm. even though I was in Florida, which is a swing state, and I was very progressive, my family was mostly, like, pretty liberal, um, I... I never had been to a space that was even more liberal than I thought. And then I went to women's college and I was like, oh. what? Um, and I, it actually was a huge culture, uh, like crash for me. And it's, it's one of those clash for me, which is one of those things that's like, I am, you know, because I come from the South and from Florida, mm-hmm. I'm never someone to be like fully alienated by someone's political beliefs. Which is great. Yeah. And it's, it, that nuance is getting harder and harder, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, when I finished there, I went to UCF worked the Obama campaign just because it was like the thing that was happening. And I loved Barack Obama, the, the re-election campaign in 2008, I had made calls for Obama because I loved him and was so excited about it. Then became like a political organizer for years in Florida and then all over the Southeast. And then I was like, just by nature, just my, it was literally just like, you know, when you like fall into a rhythm and then all of a sudden you're like, this is my job. And I had never, I had never intended it to be that way. I had got, I got a degree in business, you know, like I was, (laughs) I don't have, I didn't have a political science degree at the time. So I had been doing that organizing and I was like, you know what? It's the Obama era. I fucking, can we curse? (laughs) I fucking hate politics. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to pursue my dream. Uh I'm going to go to New York City. I'm going to be a theater arts writer person. Start an MBA program that focuses on arts administration. Mm -hmm. You and I meet. What a time. What a time. Oh, we're all such happy girls. 2015. The fall. Oh. Oh, The the fall fall of the fall 2015. 2015. (laughs) So, yeah, we're super happy people. Um, And then then things change yeah and then it's like 2016 right and we're both like wait what's happening and by the way again me not a politics person yeah saw a shift your city yeah. shifts so much more like because you kind of live in a, an internet space which yeah. we'll get into later mm-hmm. um where you're seeing a lot more like uh, red flag stuff yeah. you know yeah. than i am but even like a, just a walking around New Yorker, you guys, if you live in New York, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, like, let me be very clear. There was a huge yes. cultural shift that I've never seen in my life, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have never noticed. But it's like it was so apparent that, like, there was, like, more anxiety, more intense, like, there was verbiage that I'd never heard shouted at people before. Yeah. And I'm not saying it didn't exist. And, of course, I didn't live through the 70s of New York. Right. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, and, like – it was also this thing where in New York, because it is such a liberal bubble, mm-hmm. no one thought. I mean, most people didn't think. I won't say in no one. In the bubble that we were living in, yeah. just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. There was not a single person yes. that we were in our, in our, in our bubble. bubble yeah. thought that, that this that it that was going to turn out. going to go the way it did. Yeah. So I will, let's, let's fast forward to that night. Yeah, sure. <laughs> What night? What night in 2016? What was it? November. 9th? Tell me on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> the spinoff podcast that I'm hosting. It's starting now. <laughs> Go to her Patreon. Um, so literally, literally that night I'll never forget it because I was in Washington Heights. Yeah. Sublet with Damon. Sure. Sure. Is that where we had Thanksgiving? Yes, it was. Oh, that beautiful, Thanksgiving. beautiful, beautiful. Um. Yeah, where I first made the banana pudding for you. Ugh. Oh. Hi guys, this is Kara Salaya. I am one of Grace's best friends. I've been on the wedding episode. I on the 
dominant uterus episode i'm on the politics episode and just thank you so much for supporting my friend and her endeavors i think that you all deserve something so at this spot right now this is a special perk that if you donate two dollars this month you will have access to the digital file of grace's incredible banana pudding recipe now let me tell you this banana pudding will fuck you up (laughs) uh so yeah thank you so much for all your support we love you and back to the pod Should I price it higher? Anyway. Oh, my God. She is. So famously that night, Mm -hmm. I go to sleep because that day we had either, and I can't remember which, but I think we had filmed Damon's self-tape or he had gone in for his, he was called in for A Star is Born, (laughs) the film, the famous film, A Star is Born. With Lady Gaga. With Lady Gaga to Mm -hmm. play her gay friend, which was then portrayed by, you guessed it, Anthony Ramos, Mm -hmm. who is Wonderful. We love him. We love him. We We stand. We We love his work. The music video? Did you see the music video? I know. Well, I'll pull it up for you later. Okay, we're going to pause okay. and then come back. Yes, anyways. <laughs> so, that night, I remember the day we were all like, I, we didn't even care about the election at that point, mm-hmm. that day. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, she won. Mm-hmm. And we went to bed early. Didn't give a shit. You, I knew, had other plans. <laughs> so, tell us what happened that night. I'm going to fast forward to, like, that Saturday. I don't know if you remember this. That oh. was... The first major party that me and my former roommate Mackie threw, which was the Halloween party where we all dressed up like Gilmore Girls. That was the week before. And we threw this Halloween party. We love a theme party. We've mentioned this in the past. Mm-hmm. And we all partied that night like it was like the roaring 20s. We fucking did. We bro. really did. We thought it was like the height of our lives. Yes. Like it kind of was like this. That night was one of the most fun nights of my life. And like. You were a Rory. I, yeah. I was a Lorelai. Yeah. Yeah, my 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 roommate Mackie was Paris. was Paris. We had another friend who was Lane. Like uh, it was yeah. a whole thing, and I remember that night. Like my my roommate Mackie and I were both political. We had a giant Hillary poster, which should have been like the red flag for Grace. Which I did have to get over. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I respect that she is sporting a woman. <laughs> but it was it was one of those things where she, Mackie and I were always like very politically emotionally involved and we listened to all these podcasts and we were like she finally a woman's gonna be present we literally partied like it was like the (laughs) roaring 20s it was our great gatsby at the height of it but like i don't know if you've read the end of the great gatsby but um, we all were shot down (laughs) like within days and so on election night i was working at the stella adler studio of acting because again i had a lot of theater jobs and my friend had called me and she's like, I have a ticket to the Javits Center, which is where Hillary Clinton is going to be giving her victory speech. And yeah. Just to be clear, not she'll be there. No, no, no. She's not. No. She's doing her speech. Her victory. victory it was just like <laughs> understood. I go into the Javits Center. I mean, we have to go through so many lines of like security. And like my friend had diabetes. I remember this. And so she had like she she does. And she had to like carry she carries food with her. So like her insulin and like stuff doesn't drop. God, I'm probably being very insensitive to how this specific uh, ailment that she has works. But she, like, we literally had to talk to a bunch of security people being like, no, she needs this granola bar with her because otherwise she might uh, faint kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so was there, and because I have this political background, I'm looking at the numbers in real time and I'm like, 
oh god everyone around me is partying and doesn't know that the end of the world is coming Oh. What what felt like the end of the world? And you're a numbers person. That's the thing about Kara's that, like, yeah. I don't know if you really touched on earlier, is that you're so brilliant with like analytics and numbers and Thank stuff. You. That's that's your like yeah. hot hot point. It's the total opposite of me. And <laughs> well, but that's why I think that we have this yin and yang, yeah. right? So you are able to do that. You did the same thing, by the way, the day before I got married with the Stacey Abrams campaign. <laughs> oh, my oh my God, God, I did, didn't I? Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm looking in real time. I run out of the Javits Center because I don't have like telephone signal, and I have this pass, thankfully, that would let me come back inside if you know whatever. I look at my phone and I'm starting to put all these New York Times articles. I call my older brother, who's a political scientist, and I'm like. And that, like, he breaks the news to me. I don't go back to the Javits Center. I distinctly remember throwing up in a garbage can in the middle of outside the Javits Center, just from the sheer anxiety, run to my friend Johnny's apartment in the Upper East, and we just sit there. And it was like, for me, it was like an existential threat to everything that I knew. And like, this sounds so dramatic. And like, to my, to my parents back home, like, they fully didn't understand it because they live in Florida. And like, Florida went, you know, to Trump. And there's so many people who have so many different opinions there that it's like, you know, to them, it was a Wednesday the next day. And to me, it was like me sobbing in a Starbucks line as I look at the New York Times, like headline, like it just and it it felt that way in New York. Mm -hmm. Like I I'd never been in subways quieter in my life. Subways that were so ridiculously quiet. I had to go to the uh columbus circle area Mm -hmm. that day i had to for some reason and because i went up that's near the trump tower one of the trump towers um the things that i was hearing people yell at each other were the most obscene and hurtful things that i've ever heard people that don't know each other Mm -hmm. yelling at each other and i was like i don't feel safe or comfortable here because i people are acting like they've their chains have been ripped off and now they're allowed to be crazy and like it was it was cuckoo bananas, but then you're right. There was also a, like a very creepy calm. Yeah, as if something had happened. Like if a bomb had gone off. It was very really? so. I I was working at Stella Adler, which is like a acting school, and a lot of the it's also like a NYU acting program kind of. So some NYU students train at Stella Adler, and I had teachers tell me that like they'd been teaching at NYU for decades, mm-hmm. and that this was second only to. 9-11 in the level of distraught students who were just like I cannot teach because there's a NYU has a very huge immigrant ap- uh, student population mm-hmm. and they were like you know it's, well, yeah yeah so that's super bummer um but that's what got me back into politics I immediately kind of dropped my entire career and by January I had switched my program and I didn't get an MBA and I got a master's in elections and campaign management um, from my same program, which is at Fordham. And I've been, I stayed doing theater work just as long as I could until I was transitioning into campaigns. I've been a pollster. I work for a news media, political and liberal news media organization now. Um, and I just, I don't, I know that this is a story and this is a storytelling podcast, but like in many ways, like my restart into politics was because of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And um i love my career so much now and it's uh i don't want to say like it's a good thing that happened because maybe i would be a broadway producer now or something you know what i mean but like i 
definitely it was a shift in my life that I like recognize and it's hard to explain it to um people who are just not as involved because they're like so you just dropped everything and I'm like yeah and they're like but wh- why and I'm like I just did you hate your job and I'm like no I loved my jobs I just felt like this kind of moral responsibility I gotta take a second and tell y'all about my personal training coaches Steve and Rachel Payne at House of Payne I've been doing their workout programs, let's say three years, and they shape bodies. And yes, they prepare people to compete in bodybuilding shows, which some of it's your jam. It's not my jam. What I love about them is that they understand the look that I want tone, fit, something that's sustainable for my lifestyle. They create a custom individual plan that includes my workouts, my cardio, and my nutrition. I do their online program, but when I'm in Atlanta, I do one on one training with them at their facility, and it kicks my ass. They FaceTime me whenever I have questions, alter my plan when needed, and no matter what stage you want to step on, competition, career, lifestyle, a red carpet, wedding, whatever it is, House of Pain personal training is the most personal training you can get. Visit their website, trainwithpain, T-R-A-I-N with P-A-Y-N-E dot com for more details. But as a result, I've now accumulated three stories post-2016. So these are not Obama stories. These are that I would love to share okay, with you. Okay. Well, tell me a little story. Oh, will you tell me a little story about how you can sometimes be that person <laughs> to be like, hey. That's how I describe you. Hey. 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 <laughs> yeah. So um, my first campaign, I've worked a lot of campaigns before my graduate program, but my first campaign after 2016, mm-hmm. I was working a quasi-local race um, and I was a, a field organizer for it. For people who don't know, field organizer is the people who um, handles all of the people who are knocking on doors, oh. who are doing the telephone canvassing. calls, yeah, canvassing the texts. Um, it is like the job that a lot of people really hate because it's the job where you're most interacting with a lot of... Working? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, there's a saying in politics which is like elections are won in the field and it's like as much as people hate being called and as much as people hate having their doors knocked and I learned this in theater too with like fundraising and stuff the fact of the matter is when you knock on people's doors and when you call them they do donate and they do change their minds so but also like people I think people just always want that real sense of like what is this person about I mean, so much of how I feel about politics has been shaped by in-person conversations that I've had with people. Mm-hmm. And so in Florida, I mean, it was fascinating because this race was not in Florida. It was in a place where usually they don't get a lot of canvassing because it wasn't in like a swing area, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, me and my group of, you know, people that I'm working with are knocking on doors. And they're like, no one ever knocks on our doors because these races are pretty much determined way ahead of time because it's a specific area of the country. So I'm doing all this organizing. I'm literally trying to convince volunteers to go knock on neighbors' doors that have been knocked a hundred times at this point because it's like the day before the election. Mm-hmm. And my candidate, you know, God bless them, was like sitting in our field office. And they're no dummy. And they're, you know, looking through the numbers and we're like, gonna lose. <laughs> like, we're gonna lose. Everyone working the campaign kind of knows that, you know, there was a narrative that people were like, no, this is a win. And I was getting all these texts from people and I'm like, it's not going to happen. Like, I don't know where y'all are seeing this. And that's the reality of like being on the ground doing these campaigns. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
they're going through the numbers and it's just evident that they're really down. Like they are down emotionally. And my job is to make sure that the doors get knocked. You know, my job is to make sure that everyone on my team is like happy doing the work. Not like we're going to fight to the last moment kind of thing. So I go up to them and I'm like, hey, 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 buddy. <laughs> this is my boss, mind you. <laughs> I'm like, hey, um, you're kind of bumming us all out. Like you're being like a real bummer. I'm trying. It was pouring rain. I'm like trying to get volunteers to knock on doors in pouring rain. There's like a kind of flash flood. And I'm like, can you go home? Yeah, can you get the fuck out of my office? I'm trying to work. Um, and, you know, it's just the exhaustion of being on a campaign for so long. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I was like, yeah, please do that. And the next day, you know, they lost. Like, we lost. Right. We lost. And when they were doing their, um, like, thank you to the whole team or whatever. And it was like a super happy like lost because we all knew it was coming in. We were all fighting the good fight kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were proud and we had shifted the vote to be much more liberal than it had been. And actually that election, the next time it ran, uh, did go to a Democrat. So we did the work, you know, like we were able to flip enough people that when it came the next time around, it was a Democrat who was elected. And, uh, on that, like, I'll never fucking forget this on that, like election night backstage, um, they were saying like their thank yous and this, that, and the other. And at the, and like towards the end, they're like, and to Kara for telling me that I was being quote, kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if I'm telling you, you're being kind of a bummer, like leave. <laughs> so. Also like really freaking helpful. Like just like yeah. having the, like the wherewithal, because I think that sometimes, and again, I'm not in that political sector. At yeah. All, but, like, I'm sure that you get a lot of people that are all or nothing, gung-ho, like, it's okay, we can yeah. and, like, you have such a good sense of reality to be like, here's what we can do. Yeah. And, and Thank we're going to fight, <laughs> but this is what we can do. Right. And, like, let's not be quits. <laughs> I also just am, like, a big believer in that, like, I've been lucky to work for candidates that are smart. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I personally, like, don't think I could work for someone that I don't think is like smart well, <laughs> like it's, it's funny because I know for a fact you got an offer oh recently. I sure did you just um, recently got just, an offer to work on a campaign that uh, you would not be behind but I respect it a certain billionaire anyway um <laughs> <laughs> we're like ha 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 stupid boy <laughs> you can't have her intellect you dumb boy oh god no yeah and but um yeah, I, I really believe in that. And, and the thing, too, that has been so fascinating about this work, especially as I move on and have more access to more people who are really up the chain, you know? And, and, like, that's the other thing I want people to take away with this, which is sort of, like, I did not study politics until January 2017. Like, I it – is, it is February 2020, and I have an awesome political job and have worked a lot of political campaigns. Granted – I didn't have a formal study and I had been doing it for a long, long time. But I really fundamentally think that it's just this thing where it's like, if you really want to make a difference, you can get high up there pretty fast. If you, and then that's, that's with anything. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be political. It yeah, can be yeah. like, it's true. You can, it, it's 2020. You can. And then also that's the other thing with like well, uh, the okay. election of, of Trump, like yeah. uh, truly not to like, alienate anyone who is a supportive or this that and the other but i think this is a lesson on both sides that we've learned which is 
you can do anything. There are no rules. Like you can be this guy who has never had a, a, and like for better or for worse, which I think is for worse. Like you can be this person who's just like a celebrity. What is it? The apprentice stuff. And then you're president of the United States. So like, why not? Why not you? Why not you? Like, it's funny because I, sometimes people, and by people, I mean probably like one or two (laughs) have said to me like, well, how do you do blank, 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 blank? I just can't do that. And I go, do you think that I was born with an extra cell yeah. that equips me to know how to do blankety blank yeah. blank? I didn't fucking finish college. I right. went for a year. Like, I didn't, I don't have anything more than you do. Why? Just figure it out. Do the work. Just Google work. it. Yeah. Famously, people don't Google it. <laughs> I'll say it. You are controversial and brave. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it right now. It's mainly men. Yeah. Just Google. Please Google the phrase, let me Google that for you. Let me Google that for you. But also, like, I know you guys know how to Google stuff when you want to see stuff. Mm. So tell me why you can't Google how to blank. (laughs) That's fascinating. Um, So anyways, back to this. Um, I, I just, I guess I say all that to say, like, it's very inspiring that you can just, like, do that and to just do that. If you want to know about a thing or you yeah. want to be good at the thing, yeah. figure it out because that's all you've done forever. Yeah. Like even though you've gone to like institutions and school, sure. like that's important. Yeah. <laughs> like you figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and like all of these, look, I'm the biggest proponent for, for education, formal education, but I'm also the person that's like, you know what I got from formal education? I learned how to Google. And I mean that like, not just on like google.com, yeah. but I mean like researching and being like, wait, how would I find the person that would connect me to this? How yeah. would I? And then the good thing that like formal education gives you is that it gives you a network, right. but you can find that network. Mm-hmm. Like when I was like, I'm going to work in the arts. I'm like, well, I got to move to New York. Cause I'm not going to find my network in, you know, wherever. wherever, you know, like for me specifically, I need to move to New York, but there's, there's everything has different levels of stuff. But the number one thing I've learned is that we're all people. And when I meet these like senators, governors, presidential candidates that I've had the opportunity to, like not only talk to yeah like talk to for like a while Mm -hmm. i'm like oh you're like a person you're just a person Mm -hmm. and how wonderful that you're a person because so often our narrative is that like this person's a demon and it's like they're a they're a career politician yeah christ and i'm like well that is their career (laughs) you're a career blank (laughs) right right and it's like the but i understand Mm -hmm. i i can you you too yeah understand like why people feel that way right and like why i i also understand you know like i said i'm from florida so i understand a lot of conservative viewpoints and i understand anti-government sentiments totally Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but i also think that like for me personally I, i believe in structures and i believe that the way we achieve change is by getting good people in those structures right like i it's weird because like when right before i was getting married stacy abrams was running mm-hmm. and it was a huge deal mm-hmm. and like you watch her speak mm-hmm. it's like freaking watching oprah my angelou not yeah. to be like pointed but like yeah literally you get so excited and inspired she's lovely and I took – I love taking online quizzes because I'm a girl. <laughs> and, right. And I took several mm-hmm. about my viewpoints because I was like, okay, okay, I like her. Right. But what do I feel? And I didn't agree with it, almost any of her policies. Mm-hmm. And that freaked me out. But I was like, okay. So then I started to read more. And most of them I agreed with her um, – the guy running against her. Yeah. Which made me sad. Right, <laughs> but, right. But I was able to go, okay, like this is important for me to do all the time. 
like right. to read someone's policies and like not just be excited by how someone sounds because I can like them all day long, but I also need to care about their policy, yeah. which you've instilled in me. Yeah. Because what was it the first time? I'm sorry, we're gonna endorse somebody on the pod right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's so hurt. funny that you just went from being like. You know, I love her and I think she's great, but some of her policies I didn't agree with, but I know for a fact some of the policies of the person you're about to name (laughs) you don't agree with. Who are you endorsing? Tell me. We're going to endorse Miss Lizzie Warren for a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about. Okay, I'm sorry. We're saving. We're saving. We're saving. Uh huh. Because he's the best for last. Um, Also, we're endorsing just her life because when this airs. So we're okay. So the reason I say I bring up Lizzie mm-hmm. is because early on, early on, mm-hmm. just I think I and along with a lot of Americans, mm-hmm. this is how I viewed Elizabeth Warren. Are yeah, you ready? I'm ready. I know she's that lady that lied about being Native American. Yeah, yeah. And she's loud, and so I was like, "Ew, that's gross." Next, mm-hmm. thank you. Next, mm-hmm. and then you were like, "Okay, just so you know, she's the only one that's come out with policies," and I went. She's also been very heavily endorsed by the like Native American community as of late, and is one of the candidates who has most like super apologized and owned their stuff and gone to talk to the people that she's offended and and hurt, you know. But like you using that verbiage again Mm -hmm. to be like Grace, look at the policy, (laughs) and then I went motherfucker. I was like, you got me. Yeah. So yeah, I just I guess. I'd like talking I about would that. also like to take it a step further because I feel like so much of my like political <laughs> stuff is that I'm always canvassing is that I, you know, people, I, I support these quizzes because I think it's like a step further than most people go because most people mm-hmm. go with their gut, you know, and they're like, right. I like, like, I mean, I see so many people and this is not to alienate like any of these supporters, but I see so many people who like lean conservative who like love Bernie Sanders. And I'm like, what are you talking? Like, and, and I... I am someone who agrees with a lot of Bernie Sanders policies, but I'm as far left as you really kind of get, you know, I'm very to the left. And I'm like, why do you, to quote Rick, Rick, a bleeding heart liberal. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. I sure am. Um, But like, I'm like, what is this, you know, because people kind of go with like, oh, I like someone who tells it like it is. And I'm like, great. What are they telling you? And what is this is that like yeah. it is? And the thing that I would add to like, so I encourage these quizzes. There's some really great ones. The Washington Post comes mm-hmm. out with them. Like there's a bunch of really good ones. Um, the thing that I would um, encourage you to go into further is that like, I think there's a lot of buzzwords that oh. people use. So it's like, what do you feel about Medicare for all? And so great. A lot of conservatives are like, absolutely not. And then it's like you ask, because I was a pollster for a while. Then you ask someone, like, how do you feel about a government-subsidized healthcare option? And then people are like, that sounds yes. great. And yeah. it's like, you're talking about the same thing. <laughs> so it's like these things will use, these quizzes, that's why I will encourage people to go like a step forward, where mm-hmm. it's like, it's the same thing that's like, how do you feel about the Affordable Care Act versus how do you feel about Obamacare? Yeah. And the Affordable Care Act polls way higher than Obamacare. They're the same thing. <laughs> Well, you know who I'm going to shout her out? My mom, mm-hmm. God bless her, who is a self-proclaimed libertarian, always has been, grew up, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about her, but my point is, is that, like, she always, every time there's a new, that kind of, like, Washington, yeah. like, what, whatever quiz, she sends it on our family group chat. Mm-hmm. She's like, where do we all stand? How do we feel? Without, like, getting into, like, the mean neediness of politics, yeah. she's like, I just always want us to be, like, informed mm-hmm. and... We want to, like, if you're going to say that you like somebody, like, mm. actually like what they're, 
behind yeah. instead of being like, he's hot. Yeah. So, like, let's talk about Cordell Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't need any of you guys to come for me that's saying I have a type about Cory Booker and Damon. Like, I don't need that in my life right now. I will. I, I, I have uh, met Cory, and I've been in his presence a few times now. I've met and got to talk to him for a while once. Mm-hmm. Um. I have hung out with Damon several times. We are very close friends. <laughs> and let me say that physically they are very, very different. different. Well, they stood next to each other in line at an airport once. Sure. And I was like, these two could not be more different. Yeah. Um, but Corey, I mean, okay, this is literally. So tell me a story <laughs> about Corey. I was going to say, like, I don't have a super mesmerizing story about Corey, <laughs> but I know you just want to know every second of my interaction with the, with him and I will gladly give it to you. Okay. So I went to this uh, summit that was called She the People. Mm. Um, it was actually probably my first like major event that I went to as like a media person okay. um, in politics because I'd done stuff for candidates, but never like as a media person. And this was all the presidential candidates at the time. This was early 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cory Booker was speaking at it. So we were trying to get interviews with people after their, like, kind of town hall. Yeah. And my coworker is in love with Cory Booker as well. Wow. Well. <laughs> so, um, and she's literally like, I've written songs about Cory Booker. Um, oh, she's right. like, she's like, Cory Booker, Cory Booker, 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 Cory. Like, she had this whole thing. It was so funny. And then my other coworker who I was there with, was super thirsty for Kamala Harris and she's like, ugh, Kamala Harris. Like she's I mean, yeah. And she like my my friend that's in love with Kamala Harris, like to the extent that she was like, ugh, she's daddy. And now like Kamala Harris is like (laughs) daddy. Um so this was the event. It was a women of color uh conference. Everyone who was there was a woman of color. So I'm Latina. Wasn't there? There was one one Peter to go peter anyway um <laughs> i'll drop names i'm never working for peter it's fine um people to judge uh he was <laughs> mysteriously absent um but Corey comes out after his town hall and he is so tall grace like I'm six feet tall. Like I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just, yeah. I am, you know, I'm an Amazon of a person and I just yeah. to have some, like I never realize people's heights unless they're at my eye level, in which case I'm like, Oh, you're six feet tall. Yeah. Or they're like shorter than me, which is everyone. And then I meet or Corey Booger. Comes up to your knees and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Someone has to put on my kneecaps. <laughs> my, uh, my little knee braces your for when, brace. yeah. Um, so I meet Corey. He's enormous. He's got these like super striking eyes and he looks at you like you're the last person he's ever going to see, like in a very loving way. Like he's come to mm-hmm. at peace with his mortality mm-hmm. and he's so sweet. And we're like, Hey, can we have a, a quick interview? And he's like, of course I love you guys. And when like someone asks him a question, almost to an unnerving degree, he's like staring at you. It's really, really beautiful. Oh, he's um, got that pastor energy. He has that youth, youth pastor, pastor energy. energy. And he's just like a sweetie. And, and I always judge people also by like their team. And that's maybe because I've just been a political like operative and team like on a political campaign team before. And I'm like, I judge you by the company you keep. And like his team was always so sweet and so kind to us. But what I loved about Corey, that I will say no other candidate did at this thing, including, you know, candidates that I love, like Elizabeth Warren, is that 
this uh, summit was held at a historically black college. And there were student activists who came to the summit, obviously, because it was held at their college. And they were kind of waiting outside. And Corey, like, went rogue, fully left his security detail behind, which is not great because he is a U.S. senator. He shouldn't do that. <laughs> he shouldn't do that. And just talked to student activists for, like, hours. Like, literally was just, I mean, I'm sure it's a nightmare to be his campaign person, but I mean, maybe not hours, but for definitely like at least half an hour, 45 minutes, just talking to students who were voicing their concerns that they had. And he just really, he really loves people. He's the real deal. Like there are, there are a few people that I will say like Corey, like this person's the real deal. And Cory Booker is one of them. Elizabeth Warren's. Yeah. Yeah. Julian Castro. And that, but those are the, it's funny because like those probably, you know, for whatever reason, are mm-hmm. the people that we always wanted to be on the same ticket. Yeah. You know, yeah. because we're like, oh, I there's just so much authenticity there, regardless of how you feel about, like, anybody's political whatever. Yeah. You know, and I'll talk about my mom because, like, she, you know, grew up in, you know, a conservative area anyways, and um, but even had her own, like, opinions about, like, libertarianism, blah, 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 because mm-hmm. she's a very independent person. Yeah. But she has worked for United Way for over 30 years. I didn't realize this. The reason she knew who Cory Booker was was because she went to a United Way conference. Oh, that's awesome. Was being honored, and he was the keynote speaker. Wait, she it was the conference she was being honored at? I, I don't know if she was being honored <laughs> at this one, but I know she was honored at one of them. Right. I think it, this was before, because it was before, like, how many years of service, whatever. Yeah. Um, and she she met him at the thing, and she, like, saw him speak, and she came home. This was years ago. Right. And was like, that man is going to be president. This was before Obama. Like, she was like, that guy, he is everything. I mean, people forget, before Obama, it was Cory Cory Booker. Booker. Like, the person that Barack Obama was being compared to was Cory Booker. Right. It's not the other way around. Yeah, (laughs) now people were like, well, he wants to be. I'm like, this guy's been Cory Booker's been doing it. Since he was 12. Yeah, like, he's, he's, (laughs) he's also, and you know, I say this, I, the most, like, viral tweet that I've done from my company's website, over Twitter page was that like during the debate, like Pete Buttigieg would talk about how he's a Rhodes Scholar, and the media loves to talk about how certain people are Rhodes Scholars, and then Cory Booker's out here being like, "You're not the only Rhodes no Scholar." Scholar. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been a Rhodes Scholar. Like, yeah. while you were, you know. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's nothing. Anyways, um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So he's amazing, and like, I just, I think that that sometimes like we get really wrapped up into like what we're supposed to. Yeah go along with and like blah 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 and um... I also just think and I've been talking a lot about this with people who are very gung-ho about one candidate especially this like election cycle where there's so many options like I you know have been a Warren supporter from the start Mm -hmm. um at the summit actually is when I was like oh my god I thought I was a Warren supporter but she's now my candidate and I don't know when this airs. She might not even be running for president anymore. My point that I'm about to make, though, is that, like, maybe she is the nominee. Who's to say? It's 2020. Um, But for me, what I've learned through this election cycle and what I've learned in working in this world is that, like, you can't just like one person. It's not healthy where you're like, it's this or nothing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, what if that person dies? or who they don't get there yeah what do you believe in as well, a human yeah and i just i 
I love believing in people, but ultimately I believe in ideals. And I also believe in things that are actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I am someone who believes in, in compromise. I don't know if we ne should necessarily start at compromise. That's a whole other thing, yeah. right? That's a broad, that's a whole other podcast. But like, I don't, I, I love Elizabeth Warren. I love Cory Booker. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I love Julian Castro. I love Joaquin Castro. Like there's a lot of people that I can name that I'm like, Y'all get me excited and cool. I, lo I love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the more far left spectrum of things, right. you know? Which, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you know what? <laughs> like, especially, you know, I think I, I don't necessarily agree with him on a lot of things. I think Mitt Romney's an honorable man, yeah, you know? And yeah. I, 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 I think that it's okay for us to believe in people again mm -hmm. but believe in ideas and believe in things that we do anyway i got off my whole high horse and i have a whole funny story left that i need to tell you yeah so oh this one is i won't say names because it's off the record and this person is uh, <laughs> tell me a story that you can't really be descriptive in. <laughs> i was interviewing a member of congress there we go. <laughs> Who was a potential... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Continue. So, a member of Congress, and um, we were asking questions for people who don't know Mitch McConnell is this... Everyone knows who Mitch McConnell is. You Google it. We talked about it. He's so. a turtle boy. Mitch McConnell is the Senate Majority Leader yeah. and is a conservative yes. person. Yes, That's he's all. the senator from um, Kentucky. And he's like, he's either loved or hated. Yeah, I mean, I don't super know people who love Mitch McConnell. Right, but there yeah. may be. There, some. I mean, I'm sure people in 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 Kentucky love him because he keeps getting reelected. Um, right. so Mitch, uh, tends to be the person that like because he's so good at his job. You know, mm -hmm. let's it, he is. He's very good at kind of killing bills. Like he's kind of famous for that, especially yeah. bills that are progressive. It's his shit. Yeah. And so this congressional person that we were interviewing, we, we asked him the question, we, we asked him the question of, you know, what, what bill or what thing that you're trying to accomplish has um, Mitch McConnell really gotten in the way of? Not necessarily killed, but like gotten in the way of. And, mm -hmm. you know, what, what would you, if he wasn't in the way, would you like want to pass right away? And this was a while ago, this was like a year ago, and the person was like, the 9-11 respondent bill which is one that john stewart is very um famous for fighting for which is you know basically to expand health care to 9-11 respondents because... you know the people we should give a <laughs> shit about yeah and i will say this is a pretty nonpartisan that's what bill. i was about to say it's, yeah it's literally one of the most nonpartisan yeah. bills that's ever come up yeah and it, it just needs to be renewed every x number of years yeah. and every x number of years for whatever reason some conservatives like try to kill it and like i this is one of those things where it's, it's like, it's unbelievably nonpartisan. This is an easy yes. Yeah. We have the money for this. These are American heroes. And if we don't have the money for this as a country, we need to change something this else. Is, this is wrong. You know? Right, right. Um, and so uh, they said that. And they were saying that, um, you know, every day, you know, like this is how they started the quote. Like every day, 9-11 respondents are like dying mm -hmm. because they're not getting the access to the health care they want. And we were like, great, thank you so much. Then the congressional person's aide comes to talk to their ear and is like, you need to, you need to retape that because um, 
technically not every day a 9-11 respondent was dying but that like in the past couple weeks a couple had right and so they're like adjusting their mic and they come talk to me and my editor and they're like hey can we retape that um because you know that's factually incorrect and then the congressional person goes and that fucker mitch (laughs) is gonna try to pin me on that yeah and this is like a very this is not like your aoc okay it was not aoc let me just go like this is not your like young congressional this is a person that if anything people are like oh they're too uptight they they hold too much close to the chest this person reminds me of talbots (laughs) and i it was just this moment and i remember I, i i've told people this story close to my you know uh to my circle and i've always been like i've never liked this person more than in that moment and i wish that i wish everyone could see it yeah and i there are some people and i i understand that like because of gender race uh, financial situations some people are just can get away with more or even just like personality Mm -hmm. like some people can say like beto goes out and curses on tv yeah oh (laughs) <laughs> I forgot about it. Forgot about like goes out and curses on national tv and we're like beto you know and then like other people like yeah. obviously this was not um you know who, who would be obviously this wasn't nancy pelosi that i'm talking about right, right, right. you know if she went out and said that yeah, in public she up a sheet of paper becomes a gift for women. yeah exactly like exactly yeah and so it's it was so wonderful though and so refreshing and I just, I live for those moments of vulnerability and maybe I'm just a sappy, bleeding heart liberal, Rick, but I just like, I have to believe in, in these moments and I have to believe in, in the fact that some of that authenticity matters and that it'll shape good people to run for office. So I absolutely freak out when it comes to singing harmonies. I hear someone sing a different note than me and I assume I'm wrong. I've always looked for a better way to train my ear and give myself more confidence in my harmony singing ability. Now I get to tell you about my new go-to app, Harmony Helper. Playbill Features writer Ruthie Fireberg calls Harmony Helper a lifesaver for auditioning actors. Broadway con star and Harmony Helper artistic advisor Rob McClure has called the app a game changer for the musical theater industry. Harmony Helper will help you develop the skills to harmonize using the newest tech available. With Harmony Helper, I can literally scan a sheet of music with the camera on my phone, and the app does some kind of witchcraft and maps out the harmony parts. It converts each line of music to audio, allows you to control the playback volume for custom control over your learning process, and then this, this is the crazy part. It provides real-time feedback to let you know if you're singing your part correctly. Take the rehearsal room into your own hands with Harmony Helper. Download it in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Anyway, that's the, the. I think that has to. I feel like now we should just like because this is a shorty. Mm-hmm. But a goodie. Let's go into short story. Short story? Oh, what's the short story? Short story is the game that we play mm. the other two times we've been on this fucking podcast. <laughs> don't act like you don't listen every week, bitch. <laughs> you subscribe. By the way, my friend subscribed today. After I have launched, after all these things, she just now subscribed, so don't be Excuse like, Excuse me, I was one of the first, first? followers on Instagram.com. <laughs> I've been boosting that algorithm. Oh, I've been doing you. the tweets. I had not subscribed until she literally sat on my couch. <laughs> I was like... So, like, we love and we also am watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, anyways. Okay, so we're going to play short story, which is when I give you a one-word suggestion, you tell me a two-minute story about... That reminds you of that thing, maybe. And then, and then I pick you a different. Give me a word. Mm. So I'm gonna give you a word first. 
Okay, a two-minute story. Mm -hmm. Is there like a timer? Are you timing? I'll time it. Let's see. Siri, timer? (laughs) Okay, here's the timer. Oh, it's going for 15 minutes. Who asked for that? Okay. Okay. Tell me when. Word is pony, and your time starts now. Pony. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Uh. So there I was, Kara, <laughs> and I was walking down the streets of Chicago, okay. and. Doesn't have to be a real story, right? No, okay. I was walking down the streets of Chicago uh, in a pink dress, uh, holding a parasol, and I was, uh, you know, I was doing the walking tour of Barack and Michelle Obama oh. because famous Chicago people, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is the ice cream shop where they had their kiss. This is a place where other things happened, <laughs> and there I was thinking to myself, ah. Oh, my political heroes, the Obamas, Becoming by Michelle Obama, a New York Times bestseller, sits on my nightstand, I read it all the time. Um, what a wonderful time. And then who do I see walking down the street but Barack Not Obama? Obama. <laughs> Famously, I have not met him. It is my biggest gripe in life. Then he follows you on Twitter, continue. He sure does. And so I have a conversation with him, and I was like, honestly, your election meant so much to me. This is why I do the work that I do, this, that, and the other. And he turns to me and he goes, you're doing great. Stay golden, pony boy. (laughs) Did you know I was going to go with stay golden, pony boy? Becoming a Broadway musical. Right now. Christ. Anyway, yeah. so that's the time. And, and time. no, I still have 17 seconds. Then Barack gave me his phone number, and he is saved as Pony on my phone. And so. when he calls you, Pony by Jenny and <laughs> That's yeah. my time. Sometimes short story can really take a turn. Jeez, I fully do not remember what my other stories were. I feel like I made them up on the spot. It's okay. Well, you'll hear them when the episode plays and you'll go oh yeah (laughs) and if i don't you'll call me and be like i saw you didn't download the episode (laughs) no i'm listening i'm a loyal i'm a loyal fan all right ready loyal fan okay um you have a word for me (laughs) yes okay i need to say it huh um three i I should say the word say the word (laughs) Spiderweb. Oh, God. Okay, so, okay. I'm going to tell a story from high school. Shocker. Okay, so we had this thing every year called Coffee House. And Coffee House is like a cool thing. Some of you guys that went to my high school are going to. Is this like the talent show? This is like the talent show, but it's cool because it's not judged. It's just like where. It's like an open mic. It's like an open mic, but like, you know, you had to apply and you had to like, you had to, you know, submit, audition, whatever. And then, but it was run by the drama club as a drama club fundraiser. But the kicker is that everybody that would perform was like a cool kid that like didn't do drama, and they were always like like smoking weed, listening to the Umphreys mm-hmm, McGee, mm-hmm. the cool kids that like never would have performed except for like at coffee house. So like my freshman year, they were like, "Oh, we need a host. Like, who should we get?" And I am a cuckoo, and I was like, "Me, I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the Kathy Griffin of my high school." Wow, Kathy wow. Griffin, never forget. Yeah, well, <laughs> Anyways, 
on this episode that you've done. Um, so I was like, let me do it. And then they were like, we don't know you yet, so we don't hate you yet. Sure. And I was like, I love comedy. Like, let me do it. But then I didn't realize the cool factor of the situation. Uh, so then I, I, like, dumbed it down. I asked some of the other cool kids to do it. I got in. Right. My point is that this beautiful girl named Lorianne Urbane. Lorianne, where Laurie are you? Anne, she's in Europe living her life because she's gorgeous and amazing. <laughs> I think she just got married. Anyway, she's Amy well. from Little Women. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Florence Pugh. Um, and so anyways, okay, um, Freddie Thurs sings. Okay, so basically, Lorianne got up there and like she sang Spiderweb by No Doubt so <laughs> sexily that I was like, I goddamn want to be you, Lorianne Urbane. So today's <laughs> short story goes to Lorianne Urbane, who I think is the Lord's gift and you, I hope, still sing that song and it was super hot when you did it and like god bless you the end this podcast today is brought to you by laurianne urbane <laughs> she definitely does not listen to this podcast <laughs> and probably does not remember me at all oh. i did dance with her though when i was younger i think i bet you did no she's she was oh you like were on the dance team with her i was like wait no ballet oh i was, I was like I'm a cultured dancer i thought you guys like slow danced at a party and i was like laurianne <laughs> no, I'm like sexualizing her way too much. She's lovely and smart. She was one of those girls that, like, I believe her mom was French or her dad was Dutch or something. And, like, she had just a very, like, European mm-hmm. family and, like, sense of herself. And so she was the girl in, like, French class. Not that I had French, but I knew she took French. Mm-hmm. Like, who, like, spoke it, like, like very she, well. Like, Amelie. Amelie. I am Amelie. I am Amelie. For those fans of um, my, my brother, brother, my brother. brother. <laughs> that's that's for. <laughs> So anyways, deep cut. Well, deep cut. thank you for having me, as thank always. Thank you for coming back. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor, and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.